0: Welcome to the Treble Podcast. I'm your host, David Gertler. Treble is a business networking platform that helps professionals manage, grow, and most importantly, leverage their network for new business and career opportunities. Our podcast highlights business professionals and their stories. Join us to hear how some amazing people navigated or created their own career path and share business insights with us. Hey, Larry, thanks so much for making time today. Really appreciate
1: you being here. It's such a pleasure to be with you.
0: I appreciate it. I know you're doing a lot of traveling. So thanks for wherever you happen to be right this moment, taking some time. Um, I want to start for your journey to understand like you know, how you got to where you are now. Uh, but let's, let's start in the college. I always find that that's probably one of the more fundamental places. But if you want to go back to high school or, or whatever, that's fine. But my understanding is you went to University of Maryland and you got a
1: BA degree in criminology. Yeah, actually, I was on at that time. I thought I was going to be a lawyer, and uh, and so I was going to uh, do criminal justice, and then I was also doing sociology, and then uh, I applied for a couple of law schools and was sort of heading in that direction. And at that time, I was working. Uh, I left college at that point, and at that time, I was working in a retail store called Herman. Herman's World of Sports, which is, uh, you know, a very small store headquarters. It was owned by Grace, uh, Grace Corporation out in Columbia, but they were involved in so many retails. And somebody came to me and uh, offered me a, a, a job working in the uh, defense industry. You know, so a small company said, "Hey, CEO, said come work for me. I want you as my right hand person." and uh put off you know put off school for a year and that was sort of the the beginning of that conversation didn't happen I surely wouldn't be here where tell I am you, today
0: tell me a little about that conversation right so you're you're deciding what you want to do go back to college continue working some some guy comes along and says, yeah, a friend of a family
1: said uh you know we've got a you know two million dollar defense contracting company uh I need somebody to sort of be jack of all trades, Either you'll come in, you'll be my sort of admin and then uh, in a short period of time, he may be a security officer for the company. So I had a clearance at that point, then uh, I started doing uh, gotten, you know, wasn't heavily involved in technology. When I went to college, let's be honest, it wasn't heavy, heavily involvement of technology. So I got, uh, you know, that's when the PCs and, you know, and all them were sort of breaking out and got heavily involved in that and worked for him for about, uh, I don't know, about uh, three three years. And I became a project manager, running a project for him. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I went to him, I said, hey, you know, it makes sense start my own company doing computer repairs. You know, companies were breaking down. These, these computers were breaking down. And I said, here's the deal, Uh, you know, you'll be my first customer, right? And he said, great. What do you need from me? I said, well, basically, I need you to pay my salary for a year. And he agreed to it. So uh, worked, started a company called United Computer Systems. uh, Built that, uh, did that, you know, we evolved into networking and and things of that nature. And he, he was always on my, you know, among other people, my mentors. And I think the story, the sort of the the, the theme through all my career was mentors. You know, if you want to become a $5 million company, you hang out with $5 million people. If you want to become a $10 million people, you hang out with $10 million people. So as he was growing, I was growing and, uh, you know, he he was guiding me and I picked up some other mentors and I ran into this, uh, two things that sort of occurred that were really important to me. One was... uh, a friend of mine's dad who was running a uh i think a billion dollar company at the time i forgot what it was called but it was down in northern virginia we we're just talking about the future and he says never take that job for that job always take that job for the one after that think two jobs ahead think two careers ahead and that really you know to this day that sort of sticks with me you know so So basically, I figured, you know, I want to really become a vice president of a bigger company. How do I get there? So my thought was, you know, first of all, got to run your company and be successful. And so what ended up happening was the company that I was with came in and bought me out and said, come to work, come back to work for us. We want to we, we need your expertise. We need your hardware technology expertise. And I became a vice president there. And uh, so, you know, it just goes to show you, think, think ahead, think, think of, you know, sometimes you got to go a step to the side to get those two steps that you want to achieve. And so I did that and worked there for, you know, for five, six years and just, you know, felt that, you know, we were big. We were probably about 20 million, decided that, you know, needed something else um decided that if i wanted to be a ceo or president you know i got to start learning all the other aspects of the organization finance Mm -hmm. uh you know operations
0: did you find find mentors for these things you picked it up on your own yes
1: some of it were mentors you know go back if you want to be that go find that right yep so i did i did find that went to work for a small company where i became the cfo um, and then I knew, I said, all right, I got to learn this, you know, learn, you know, studies. I already knew how to do P but really what's the, what's the behind that, you know, how do you manage that? How do you build a, the value of a company through profitability? And then from there, went to another company in the same, still, still in the technology world, became their COO. And then, uh, and then that led me uh to another company where i became head of sales again went back to running sales
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that company was quite interesting because that gave me uh access to uh more wide more widely used technology at the time we were we were state-of-the-art uh way ahead uh of most companies so we were growing very rapidly amazing uh
0: was that the and- plan for you was it uh- you wanted to move back into sales or you wanted to move into a rapidly growing company. What, what, was, what was going through your mind when you made that transition?
1: I think, you know, uh, I think what was quite interesting was that I, I hadn't managed a big sales team before. Mm-hmm. So this gave me the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I learned there, which was quite interesting, is that there's not one way to be a great salesperson, right? Some people are technical. Some people are entertainers. Mm-hmm. Some people find the way in the middle. And no matter where you are, you got to know what you're good at. And then you could excel at being sales if you follow that model, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then we ended up getting bought out by a public company. So that was my first experience mm-hmm. dealing with public companies and, and realizing that there are good things and bad things to that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and through, the, through that whole model was always building mentors around you that provided you, you know, advice and knowledge and would guide you and you could always, yeah. How did you find mentors, right? You know,
0: the first one, obviously, with family friend, right? right. Um, how did, Along your career, how did you find them? How did you vet them? I'm sure there are some people that you might not have chosen, but you looked at closely, you know, give me some of your thought process on that.
1: I think mostly they were met through networking, you know, whether it was uh, events, or whether it was uh, organizations that you joined, and then you would say, "Hey, look, you know, can we get together?" And like to ask you some questions. And you go through those questions. Some like, "What are your goals? What you, what are you doing? What's your role?" And you know, you you, you, know, you don't come out and say, "Will you be a mentor?" Right. I think what ends up happening is is that you just start spending more time with that individual. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hear, I really, I use the word mentor, but you know, somebody. I had a conversation with a couple of CEOs the other day and it says, is it a mentor or is it a sponsor? Right. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? You know, a mentor might meet with you and, you know, meet with you and and answer all your questions where a sponsor really takes you, you know, under their wings. So I, I've been lucky. I've had both, mm-hmm. but so. And what do you look for? Uh, I look for uh, somebody that, uh, Really, I think who really wants to help, you can tell if somebody really wants to be a part of your success. They, you know, They take a sort of uh, ownership in that. They want to be key, they, they're available. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays with technology, you can do it this way, right? Versus you always had to do it uh, in face-to-face before. Right. Yep. Uh, somebody that is is always, you know, that you see the growth that they've had in their career, right, if they've been at the same level mm-hmm for 30 years, it doesn't mean that they're not in the same job. They can be in the same job, but have massive growth. Whatever it is, there's gotta be that link to what you wanna be in that career. So as long as they've had that, that's what I was looking for.
2: Sure,
0: sure. So take me back, right? So um, I forgot, what what company were you with at this time?
1: Uh, At that time, I was a company called VSI. VSI, yep, okay. And they went public. We got bought out by a company called FutureLink. And uh, you know we went from, uh, I think, we grew from like, you know, five to 23 million. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, as a public company, this was like during the dot-com craze. So, you know, funding, you know, build it and they will come. Well, what I learned was, is two things I learned there. One is they don't always come, right? you know, depending on the industry and how the marketplace was. Uh, but, you know, that a public company has two different customers, right? They have your customer, that you're supplying the capability with, but they also have the shareholder, which is really the most important customer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't intersect. Right. And when they don't intersect, that becomes a problem. And mm-hmm. I think that's what was happening in some of these coms. They were, they were trying to sell the, the raising of the money that we're going to do this, but the company was selling this mm. to be profitable and it turned out to fail. So as that was as that was failing, which we all knew it was failing, uh, we all, a uh, bunch of us jumped on and basically created companies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we all sort of stole a share of that failure and started right. which, which Convergence was born. Mm-hmm. And uh, And so, you know, from there Convergence, you know, we grew that pretty rapidly. And you know we were in again. It was a growing technology systems integration. Cloud computing was wasn't called cloud yet, but it was called server-based computing. But it was yep. really the beginning of cloud. Yep. And you know there, you know I became you know operations and and uh, you know became up. We were I think at one point we were up at forty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know so that was a new experience getting companies up to that distance. Then I from there I jumped over and helped uh, be part of a team to develop a cyber product Hmm.
2: uh,
1: that we sold around the country and some international. And that was my first- How'd you get get hooked into cyber? Uh, So really when, when we were doing, when I was at Convergence, we were doing secure data centers, which was, you know, at the beginning, cyber was a government issue, right? The only people that were dealing with cyber was intelligence. So, we were building uh, secure data centers for the intelligence community. So, we had some interaction there from that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we came across uh, a couple of guys that were developing a product that needed some funding and needed some expertise, guidance. Mm-hmm. And so, I got heavily involved in that
2: mm-hmm.
1: and eventually became CEO of that company uh, through its stage of growth, uh, well, through its stage of finalizing the product design. Growing it, and then eventually we sold that to private equity, and uh, and then which company th- was that? That was called Intelligent ID,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that you know, there's a different mentality between a, a product company and a services company. Sure, you know, uh, different financial models, right? Uh, services companies just sort of grow in baby steps. You know, as you grow, you add more people, and you add more people where. You know the, the the money you you have to raise on a product company is all up front, right? You build it, and then you hopefully you can replicate it at a much more right
2: scale it up. manner,
1: right? So you know that's that was sort of an interesting knowledge. I hadn't experienced that before, and you know wanted wanted to understand that. Right. What'd you learn from that experience? Uh it's uh, you never have enough money. Uh, <laughs> you know, to you I mean if you if you're asking for four, you need ten, right? Uh, yep. Yep. I think from that thing that that, that was probably the big and and I think you really have to look at how you're going to distribute the model right is it going to be is it going to be a channel model
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you have enough money can you build your own you know internal sales force and and have it positioned across the globe and and it, you know again it's it's all comes down to dollars mm-hmm. you know when you you know and you know even there if you look back you know there's there's one thing you know, that company became successful really because one company took a chance on us Mm -hmm. and installed it, wasn't even paying for it because we basically gave it to them as a big company. And then they were able to, uh, uh, be a reference for us. And when a big company is your reference, it carries a lot of weight. And, you know, without that, I'm not sure where we would have been. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: All right. So what happened next? So from there, uh, didn't go with the company, so I had a pretty strict uh, non compete. Uh, non compete, and then I, you know, did a stint working uh, with the intelligence agency. Another stint doing private equity, and I ended up uh, where I am today at CyberCX.
0: Yeah. So, what are you doing at CyberCX these days?
1: Uh, run the region, run the uh, U.S. region as president, and uh, growing that a company. That's new for me because it's a global company We're, we're a thousand people large
0: right. nice. across
1: the globe, and uh, you know, being able to, to deliver international global projects is uh, is, is great super yeah. great to be a part of that
0: yeah so how have some of the things that you've experienced in your career helped position you for success in the current
1: role I think throughout the career you learn about leadership right everybody that that comes under you or that that that's above you you pick up different capabilities this is what you do here this is a good idea this is what you don't do and I' and I've been I've been blessed with good and bad leaders. and I will tell you, you know you learn more from a from a poor leader <laughs> than you do from a great leader, right? because everybody can can lead during great times. Right. It's how you react when when things aren't going so well. And you know, people don't people understand that leadership is you can't just look at somebody and say, oh, he did something wrong because there's so many decisions that go in behind that, mm-hmm. that people don't see sometimes, and they can't they can't understand that. So, you know, I've heard people say he's a poor leader, but do you really understand all the things that that's going on with those decisions that make you feel that way? All right. right.
0: Based on your career, what advice would you give somebody who's starting out maybe in their mid twenties, early thirties?
1: Uh, there's, there's, there's two lessons I learned. I think never take a job for that job.
0: Mm-hmm. Take
1: a job for where that job's going to get you. Right. And uh, build your mentors. Build your mentor practice, you know, and, and and be willing to realize that at some time, you have to grow the mentor and you have to go to the next step. Right, right. That's awesome. Hey, Larry, so what's next for you?
0: Where do you see yourself a couple of years? right well, I'm,
1: I'm hoping, yeah, never. I'm hoping uh, CypressX you know, will continue to grow and, and be more dominant than we are now globally. Mm-hmm. And I uh, enjoy helping uh, companies grow as well, you know, being part of their mentors, helping mentor people.
0: Excellent, excellent. Hey, Larry, thanks so much for making time today. It was really informative and and very inspiring. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Treble podcast. If you're inspired by this story, want to network more effectively and unlock new business and career opportunities, download Treble from the App Store today. You'll need to search for Treble Network, all one word. We're offering an exclusive deal for our podcast listeners to get a free premium membership with the promo code TreblePod. Again, use the code TreblePod to get a free premium membership on Treble today.